0: For a long period of time, the Pentateuch, the first five books of Scripture, were attributed to the authorship of Moses. The Psalms attributed to the authorship of David. And we know here that St. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. So our first three readings of Mass tonight were written by murderers. Moses straight up killed a guy. He, was, he came upon an Egyptian beating on a Hebrew slave, and Moses killed him, buried him in the desert, and when this came to light, he fled into the desert, where eventually he was found in the burning bush and all of that. David was having an affair with his next-door neighbor and had her husband exposed in battle so that he would die. Saul, Saint, who became Saint Paul assented to the stoning death of St. Stephen. Such was St. Paul's notoriety that when St. Paul became a Christian, years later, they were still afraid of him because of the severity of the persecution under which he put the church. St. Paul says this today, This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. God made covenant with his people through a man who committed murder. God made his kingdom through a man who would become a murderer. God brought the gospel to the Gentiles through a man who had assented to the death of an early Christian. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. The story that God desires to write in all of our life is healing, freedom, and salvation. If God desires and chooses, as he did, to bring this story, to reveal who he truly is through these men, we should rejoice in the hope that comes from that. That God came into this world to save sinners. And not just to save us a little bit, but to free us from the burden of all that the world puts upon us. There is nothing we can do in this world that is so far from the love of God. God came into this world to save sinners. And we should rejoice in this because each and every one of us is in need of salvation. The reality is God's love is so amazing and wonderful. We see that in all of these readings tonight. But the also the reality is this, is that we build obstacles between our relationship and God. And we see this in three different ways in the Scriptures tonight. The people, the Hebrew people, the Israelite people, are being led out of slavery. They're being freed. And yet they choose... To worship a false god. This is the original sin of Adam and Eve. To think that they are on the same level as God. To think that they can and are best if they choose to dictate the terms. And how often does that happen in our own life? Where we choose what the God we're going to serve is. As a belief system, people claim to be atheists, but in practical terms, no one is an atheist because there is always a God or many gods that we choose to serve. And if we don't choose the right God, we build an impediment, a barrier to our relationship with the one God. But his love overcomes that too. We see in the younger son what happens when we put our pleasure and earthly things ahead of our relationship with the Father. When we choose to put the things of this world, and let's be honest, the sins against chastity and against sobriety of making money the God that we serve ahead of all else, we build obstacles to our relationship with the Father. And at some point, friends, the party ends. As fun, as exciting, as wonderful as we think it can be, there gets a point where it always comes to an end. We also see what happens when in the older son, we may do good things. We may keep the teachings of the church very well and believe in them. But we have hatred toward our father and toward our brothers and sisters. Think about this for a moment. His brother was lost. His brother was gone. And yes, there's an injustice there in one way, right, because it was so disrespectful to their father for him to ask for his inheritance before the father had died. He is rightly aggrieved to be upset by that. But the hatred that the older brother has not only toward his younger brother, but toward his father is of his own making. How often in our lives do we allow resentment and anger and envy to go deeper and deeper and to take root in our hearts? Yes, people do aggrieve us and do wrong against us, but the only response that is of Christian value is love in response to that. We can, and we often do, sadly enough, choose hatred, division, animosity, envy, wrath toward our brothers and our sisters. But here is the power of God's love. We see it in the first two examples that Jesus uses in the gospel. Forsaking the 99 for the one. Looking for the one coin and then having a lavish party that's probably more expensive than the one coin when finding it. But Jesus shows us how even more God loves us than this radical searching for us. He shows us that God is willing to be humiliated for our salvation. The younger son absolutely and totally disrespects his father. Father, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. And not only that, when he comes back to the father, this is another act of humiliation for the father. That here is this son who has so disrespected me and run off, and he comes back in rags? And what is the father's response? He puts on the nicest robe, puts a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and slaughters the fattened calf. His love is such that he is willing to be humiliated for that younger son so that he knows his love. And he's even willing to be humiliated by the older son. He has to go out and beg his son to come to a party. He's willing to beg his son. He's willing to let his son scorn him and yell at him and be angry with him so that he can love him and invite him into the party, to be with his brother, to let that baggage go. As beautiful and wonderful as it is, we also have to come to grips with the reality that we have to want to be healed. The difference between the younger and the older son is that at least with the younger son, we see that he has come to grips with his brokenness, that he desires to be healed. What we see in the father's love to both sons that the father meets them exactly where they need to be and invites them to take that next step and this is why we gather at mass this is why we go to confession this is why we build a christian community so that we can be healed so that we can be made whole so that we don't have to hold on To the baggage, to the difficulties, to the pain that we have caused others and that we have inflicted upon ourselves. Every single saint has woken up with a head full of doubt or just despair, perhaps, over what they have done the day, the night before, or maybe what the person, type of person they've become. What makes us holy, what brings us healing, is our willingness to bring that to God. We do that when we come to Mass. This is why we start every Mass with the act, right? With the act of, I confess to Almighty God and to my brothers and sisters, recognizing our need for healing. And then what does God do for us? He gives us His very self in the Eucharist. We go to confession and we admit directly what our sins are. And what does Jesus do? He wipes away all of our sins. But we also strive to build a community where we can be with each other and share those burdens with each other where we can be brothers and sisters to one another. And to our students in particular, I just encourage you to get more connected and involved so that you don't have to carry all of those burdens on your own. Because we see in the Gospel what happens with both of those sons when they bear those burdens on their shoulders alone. They despair of the Father's love. But what does the Father do? He meets us and then invites us to the party. When I entered the Dominicans years ago now, I remember entering and being convinced that this is where I was supposed to be, but also being ashamed of my past. I didn't think I could share most of my life, especially my college years, with my classmates. I was afraid of that. And I still remember, I was, it was about two weeks, it was Labor Day weekend, in fact, into our novitiate. And I was on a walk with one of my brothers, and I wanted to throw up. Because I was so ashamed of all the things I was talking with him about. About my past, about my life, about all those parts of my life that I regretted. And all of a sudden it was as if an entire thousand pound gorilla was taken off of my back. I was all of a sudden free. I'd confessed all of those sins. I was repenting of those. But I'd never had someone carrying those burdens with me. This is what God invites each of us to tonight. To his church. To his love. To be set free. If God is willing to bring his fullness of revelation to the world. And to build his church. To become one with us. Through brokenness. Through men who were murderers. Imagine what he can do in your life right now set you free and set you on a path that will bring you freedom, joy, and happiness.